You're listening to the Contract Heroes Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things contract management. And now here are your hosts, Mark and Pepe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Contracts Heroes, where we're not the heroes. Our guests are today on the show. We have Matt Jakubowski, and we're going to be talking about a, a good number of things in the, the legal tech space. Uh, but before we get into uh, exactly what we're going to be talking about, uh, I'd like Matt uh, to welcome Matt, first off. And uh, and secondly, Matt, would love to get a little bit more on your background, how you got into this space, and um, anything else you'd like to tell the listeners. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hi, Mark. Hi, Pepe. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to be part of this podcast. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it, I've been a, I've been a fan uh, of this podcast as well in the past. So yeah, this is this, this is really great opportunity for me uh, to to be here. Um, so I was I was recently thinking about my experience and how many years I've been doing things legal, and it's been almost ten years. It's it's crazy. I mean, time flies. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, my experience is, is, is pretty much illegal. So in the past, I've been working in house for a couple of years, um, and, you know, just to just do regular in-house, um, in, in-house stuff, so to say, and that was a, couple, a few, a few years back. So there was, yeah, that was, that was pretty much manual. So, so that will push me into, uh, the legal tech world because I felt like there's, like the legal industry is much more than uh, than dealing with contracts, formatting word documents, uh, dealing with dealing with sales, and sort of that regular in-house type of um, practicing the law. So I went into uh, legal tech, uh, and that that was a, that was that really opened the door because I felt like uh, I could have I can have a say not only at at what my company does, but also as as how the industry is, is sort of um, going from from manual to digital, uh, because yeah, working working in, in in this in this space really allows you to to be part of something something bigger than just your uh, your company legal affairs or legal 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 matters. So yeah, that's uh, that's that. Been working for quite big companies, quite big firms in the past. I'm sure you can you can you can sort of check that out on my LinkedIn profile. Then I've opened my um, consultancy uh, company in in the UK uh, and yeah here I am uh, and you know it's it's my experience is pretty much a blend of legal and and tech but I would say it's mainly legal when I graduated from law school uh, you know there was there was such a thing as such thing as legal legal tech and there was such a the, the, the standard legal path was the only path that I uh, I knew about alternative legal paths weren't really a thing. They were, um, yeah, pretty much a, I would say a taboo. And the, the legal tech was, you know, Westwall, Lotel, Lex Texas. That was the, the legal tech that we we've been we've been uh, we we had at law school. So it was it was pretty the the, um, the perspective and the narrative was really different than it is now. I'm really glad to see that. Uh, yeah, it's changing. So that's a few words about my my experience and sort of where I'm coming from. It's great to have you in the show, Matt. And I think uh, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. And it's really cool that you have all this legal background. I think we have a lot of things in common. I was also working on legal for a couple of years before uh, hitting on the on the legal tech space, which uh, I would say that just 
I don't know, maybe uh, you you agree with me, but it's been pretty like four, three years maximum that now if you go to the profiles in a lot of people on LinkedIn, now they're legal tech experts, right? But then I think there's a whole new things, uh, well, not new things. There's a lot of things that you got to do before jumping into legal tech, right? Because I think one of the uh, of the big mistakes of companies, and now that you say that you've been working with in-house uh, teams is that they think that technology is like a magic wand. Right, they know that they're been doing things super slow. That they have no KPIs. They have no idea who's working on what. And they think by just hiring uh, a piece of software, it's going to solve all their problems. Right. And there's a lot of different kind of softwares out there. Right. They're they're the cheap ones, they're the free ones, they're the really expensive ones. But the but the cool things, uh, I mean, the the first steps that you gotta do is something that another guest called Tom Fuchs calls call it it's the phase zero right to understand your processes and then go one step at a time right so in uh before we start talking about all the high tech and and everything that is uh, out in the market i want you to uh if you could talk about like uh understand what tools and processes you you have at your disposal for free because this the first step is not that complicated like can you give us a little bit on uh, on how you've been working with some of your clients on your consulting services about this yeah that's a good point it's a, it's a great question uh when we sort of discuss legal tech uh people think that legal tech is something uh sort of made to measure to fit the legal legal industry and something only made for lawyers but you can use, you can use regular Microsoft Office suite to really have to really get that low, that low, uh, low hanging fruits uh, that you that you want within your document uh, lifecycle. And there are, there are so many so many apps you know that you can you can get it for free. So yeah, starting with the Microsoft Office suite, um, you know MS Teams. It's a great platform that can help you with communication. That you can you can have a lot of different add-ons that um, can help you plan things. You can have a uh, Kanban board to, to really assign tasks to your, to your team members, to your stakeholders, create approvals, whatever suits your needs, whatever suits your uh, document lifecycle management needs. And, and that, is, that is great, but it's, it's not used because it's perhaps not uh, the most user-friendly experience I, I've noticed because people use MS Teams as though it was just a communication platform. It's much more than that. You can you can get quite a quite a good value out of out of MS Teams in general. Um, even even Excel. I mean, Excel doesn't have the best press. I mean, people. If if you say, oh, we can do this, using, we can we can automate things. We can do quite quite a bit of a automation using Excel. The, the standard the standard so this the standard uh, reaction is not. Uh, super super positive i would say it's not it's not like everyone is super excited to be using excel but at the end of the day it's still a very powerful tool that you can use you can save time and you can get a lot of value from uh instead of getting external platforms because i 100 percent agree with what you said before that getting technology is 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 definitely not the first step the first step is understanding your pain points understanding your processes and understanding pe- people behaviors within your organizations to see how they interact with contracts, how they interact with clients, 
what are the big, bigger bottlenecks in your in the even in the contract story. So that, that that's quite um, quite important. Um, so for in terms of the free ones, um, there's also there are also uh, a number of solutions that are uh, sort of made to map processes. So I I know of, uh, Miro, Mindmaster. They are quite good when it when you want to visualize things and show them in a in a in a way that can be um, yeah. It can, it can be more visually pleasing because if you say something in, in an email, it might make sense to you. It might make sense to your um, to your to your colleagues. But uh, there there is much there is much more that you can do with those visualization, especially when it comes to process, because it's just so much easier. I've noticed so much easier to discuss the process if you have a map. If it, it, it doesn't have to be the sort of state of the art map, it can be just a simple. Simple, simple graph of, of sort of what, of dependencies, who needs to approve what, what processes, what contracts, what clients, what clauses. Even it helps. It helps a lot because that is the starting point when it comes to any sort of innovation within your firm. Because if you don't have, if you don't know your processes, you can really automate because you're going to automate the inefficient way of, of doing things. So that is. That is certainly good, and you can you can you can see those processes visualized. Yeah, using using basic tools like yeah, like I said, Mira, for example, it's it's quite quite good for that. Yeah, and and you know that that also helps you delegate things because you it's not necessarily a tool that can be free of charge, but also you can delegate things. You can have your processes and see which processes can be sort of can be moved from a senior person. To a, to, to a mid, mid-level person or junior person, perhaps. There is, there is so many things that can be, you, you can delegate. Obviously, there are considerations regarding the risk, the value, the client relationships. Not everything can be done in a, in a way that can be delegated. But I think it's important to, to really, yeah, focus, focus on, uh, on whether you can, you, you can also delegate tasks and that, that's obviously tech, Free. You don't have to have the technology to delegate things, but if you have it, if you if you have some sort of understanding of what's going on within your, uh, yeah, within the legal department, that helps helps a lot. And also, yeah, also for the for the for the other part, like if you want to introduce legal technology, you can use those those uh, low hanging fruits to 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 see the, the to see what picture you have within your with your organization. And the good thing is that, well, even Miro, they have a freemium version that you can use. Like, I think there are like three boards and then they have a lot of templates there. And I would say it's like the best online whiteboard where you can do a lot of brainstorming, especially right now that we're doing everything at home, right? You can just log in with your team and everybody will be able to uh, to stick post-its, right? With their ideas, try to map all their processes. And of course, there's a lot of different, if you just like Google and go to YouTube to see uh, some online trainings on how to use uh, a little bit of automations on Microsoft Word, um, Excel, and even Outlook. There's a lot of tools that people are not using there, right? That you can do that for free. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, I mean, Matt was touching about at the end there, um, in the importance of understanding your processes. You know, we get into a, a lot of these uh, opportunities that we're working. Where we're working with prospective clients, and um, 
you know, they don't have any real idea of, of what kind of processes they want to automate. They just think that you buy a piece of technology and, and from there, you're going to be able to, to push everything, you know, along faster and smoother than ever before. Uh, and, and that's where we always like to kind of slow things down and, and make sure that they understand that even though if we can get in there, we can suggest best practices, but, but only they know their business. And unless we're going to sit there for, for a month or, you know, at least a month and, and really dig into their processes, it always makes more sense to slow down a little bit, help them build those out, let them also work internally to build those processes out and then take the next step forward with, uh, with technology. Um, and, and I think, you know, Matt, that kind of brings us into our next question here is uh, technology is great, but, but you also need to have the folks in place to, to really be able to leverage that t- technology to its fullest extent. So how do you go about finding and, and hiring the right individuals to, to work in these, uh, you know, the in-house role, the, the contract management role, uh, maybe a legal ops role? How, how do you go out there and, and make sure that you're finding the best people to, to fit not only your organization, you know, the culture, but, but also show that, um, that they're excited and they, and they want to work with technology as we move in, you know, to this next, next decade? Yeah, I mean, this is quite quite an important part of the whole of the whole legal legal tech introduction experience because you, you you have to have individuals that will know what to do, how to do it, and understand the process. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would say, and that might be a little bit controversial. Some people will 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 agree with me, and some not. Is that you should really have a person that has the legal experience, maybe worked as a lawyer, or maybe worked with or, or simply had that even even a legal degree helps be, with some sort of yeah pro bono experience or internships because they are able to understand the uh, bread and butter of a uh, lawyer's work uh, because legal legal tech or innovation digital transformation however you want to call it yeah quite a bit of it is it's is about sort of having that legal understanding of what's going on within your within your uh, legal within the legal part of the organization of course there's much more to that but i think that legal experience is quite quite important understanding of of contracts i mean understanding how you know how the red how redlining works how uh, the importance of clauses important of say limitation of liabilities uh things like that it's it, it really helps if you know sort of uh, if, if you know the gravity of certain parts of the contract because you, you have the contentious part of the contract and you have very simple uh, parts of the of the contract that you can uh, you don't have to sort of uh, break a sweat on. So so that's I would say number one to have a good understanding of um, yeah of, of how legal processes work, how contracting works, uh, how uh, clients' relationships work. Um, another part is um, project management as well, because when it comes to, when it comes to those 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 innovation projects, um, you get a lot of hype at the beginning. You get a lot of uh, go-aheads, sort of a lot of positive uh, feedback at the beginning, but it's about keeping the momentum going. And it's about making sure that people know what to do at every part of the, of the project. So I feel like this is quite, quite important because innovation is, is really about bringing the value to the, 
to, to your organization, to your, to your company, to your firm, bring in, bring in that KPI. So what we want to, what is it that we want to achieve with that? Automation, let's say automation uh, process. Is it that we want to reduce the time of uh, executing a contract? Because as we know, time kills contracts. Uh, and that's why we want to we want to make sure that it doesn't that it doesn't take weeks and weeks to to complete the contract. And it takes it's it's down to let's say a couple of, couple of days. I don't know weeks. It is important to have that sort of um, value uh, focused mindset. Uh, yeah, because innovation can be seen as a wow, it's it's innovative, it's different, it's great. But if it doesn't bring value, it's not great. You need to be focused on that value that is that can be achieved through uh, through innovation. Um, I would also say uh, business acumen. So we need to understand a little bit about the business. I'm not saying to sort of be an expert at everything, to be an expert in accounting, uh, you know, marketing, recruitment, and things like that. It's it's a value. It's, it's, I would say it's a value add. So it's something that you can have. It's great if you understand. That we are a business, even if even if we are a law firm, and even if we work with with lawyers, or even if we work with uh, in-house legal teams, we are a business. We need to generate certain revenue, and we need to be focused on that. And that is quite quite important for the person to to understand that. And that that overlaps with my previous point, which is value-focused uh, mindset. And um, what else? Um, yeah, I would say technology also helps because to know a little bit about how certain solutions work, it is quite important. Like you, you have to know how document automation tools work. For example, if you work on a document automation solution, you need to know sort of how you create value using those those solutions. Um, but I was I'm just thinking about sort of my experience and. You know, when I graduated from, from law school or where, when I was working, when I started working in, more in legal tech, my, my, my knowledge of technology was, was minimal. So you can, you, you can learn that on the job. You can learn a lot uh, just, just seeing how legal tech is utilized uh, by your stakeholders, sort of how to create value using, um, using legal tech. You can attend webinars. There are so many things that you can. There's there are so many tools, so many uh, resource resources that you can use to educate yourself in that technology department. So when it comes to sort of recruiting a new person, like I said, uh, legal project management, a little bit of business acumen are important. Tech element is is a nice to have, but I wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be sort of the. Um, the deal breaker for me, if a person was was amazing at those points, and and, and they would say, "Oh, actually, I have no no idea about document automation. I have no idea about uh, sort of AI document review or something like that." That is that is something that can be learned, and I'm sure legal tech providers are happy to educate um, educate professionals that are working within within those projects. And, and Matt, I mean, what have you seen from folks that are, let's say they're not in the legal space, but they are looking to get into into either the legal space or, or the legal tech space. Um, have you found like an entry level role that that most people kind of make that transition into? Is it is it sales? Is it um, another part of the, the contracting department? What does that look like? 
So entry level, um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on, 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 your, on your company. It really depends how you see yourself. Are you seeing, are you seeing yourself more, more on a, yeah, like you said, sales side or more, more of a implementation side, marketing side even, because that's also quite, quite an important part of legal operations in general. So what I see is that a lot of legal tech vendors, they want, they, they are not looking for someone with a huge amount of experience. So I would say if you are a, um, if, if you, if you are a lawyer or if you have a legal experience, legal background, I feel like the easiest way to get into that legal tech uh, route is to sort of contact legal tech providers because they are happy to train you. They are happy to get you on board because they do value your legal experience and that is that is quite yeah this is this is quite great and actually i get this question uh quite a lot how to get into legal tech yeah all the legal tech vendors because when it comes to bigger organizations um and firms the the requirements are higher so you would have to have a bit more experience working on legal tech projects introducing innovation and sort of that is something that you don't have you don't have if you don't have that legal tech uh, sort of experience um, so so yeah i would say i would say legal tech vendors they are quite open to yeah to, to hire you if you have some sort of legal tech sorry legal legal experience legal background okay yeah yeah i think that makes sense as well and again i mean there is you know other ways to to break in i mean we well i just kind of stumbled into the space at least pepe has some some legal background but uh, you know, again, I mean, sales is sales, right? So if you are looking to get into legal tech and you are uh, in a sales role or even a marketing role, um, you know, there are organizations out there that'll definitely give you a shot. Um, so, so Matt, with that said, let's say that um, we've we've done an evaluation. We understand our processes. We've got some free tools out there that we're leveraging. We're starting to see some holes in in where um, things are falling down. Maybe we're missing some renewal dates. Uh, the contracting process isn't as smooth as we'd like. Um, and we've hired the right people. They're, they're definitely helping with the processes. How, how, do you, how do you go about evaluating um, those types of software solutions that you're, you're going to pick? Um, how do you know which ones to start looking at? Are you, you know, you're looking at like maybe a Gartner report or something like that? Are you trying to, to talk with some peers that are maybe using some other tools that are out there? How do you go about starting that evaluation process so that you can make sure you're looking at the right tools to help with the issues that your team is running into? So maybe I'll start slightly differently. So maybe I'll just start with what not to, how not to start your your search or how not to scout legal tech solutions. Um, and I can I can see it pretty regularly. Uh, is is that you hear one of your partners if you want to confirm that they want to they want that particular tool to be part of. To, they they want to so they like the tool. They've seen a few videos. Maybe they have a friend. That works for that for that um, for that provider, and they want to get that tool. So that is not a way to get legal tech because you're not supposed to you're not supposed to start with solutions in the first place. Full stop. You need to start with understanding what you want from this from the legal tech solution. So coming back to what I said before. Uh, analyzing your pain points and making them so, so, so making making a clear list of what you want the legal tech solution to help you with, help you with. 
because you might if you if you sort of start with uh, quite a, quite a um, blurry vision of what you want to do, and then you go and then you sort of search for those solutions. It's going to be a long process because you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of those nice to haves. And you're going to see, oh, this tool does this and this tool does that and it's great and it looks amazing. But if you don't have a clear, clear idea of what actually you want to do with this tool, you are going to struggle because a lot of tools, they have a, they, 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 they need to differentiate somehow. So one tool does this, one tool does something else, one tool is cheaper, one tool is more, uh, it's addressed more for law firms, one is more for, say, um, smaller smaller companies medium size size companies so there is definitely a huge choice there's a plethora of, of legal tech solutions so you need to have a clear vision as what you want to do and and what i do for example i have a clear list sort of pot of points one-to-one what i want my user to be able to do so starting with you know starting with let's say um generate the um, or, or even having having a draft, so opening opening a draft, and then and then you want to um, have a number of different drafts for them to to, to choose. So maybe asking a, asking a question regarding sort of let's say NDA you want to uh, what sort of NDA you want um, one way or mutual, and and sort of I want a clear understanding of the. Uh, of the user journey before I contact any of, of, of those solutions. Because if I have that, I already in my mind have the understanding of what our must-haves are. If they can provide us some, some nice to haves, we can we know we can we can ex- we can release, we can see the difference between what we want and what we might want what, what what is nice nice to have to us so that's a, that's a starting point and then yeah once you have the list you contact those uh just legal tech providers um and see how they are they're able to tackle that list because some of yeah and, and, and see that the response as to you know what what's the way of, of sort of solving those those issues those pain points that you have but yeah it all starts with um, all starts with that, and yeah, quite and frankly, be realistic. Like you, I think it's better to start with something smaller than to have a, a long wish list of like I would love to, you know, this this tool to integrate with everything that we have in our organization, or I would love it to sort of solve all the problems that we have in our legal team. That is not realistic, and that is that is maybe possible. But that would take a long period of time. So I think it's also about um, having that list that is that is quite quite realistic and also that you can implement it in a short period of time. Because yeah, we the lawyers in general we have a limited amount of time and we can focus on and we can focus on innovation, but not full time. So you need to sort of have those quick wins, though quick wins that you can. Uh, you can prove your success and that way you can sort of move in, move on to uh, next steps of your journey. So uh, yeah, those are a few points regarding sort of how to find a, a good solution, how to start searching for the right tool. Uh, yeah, and, and there's, there's obviously there's, there's a lot going on on the market. So 
also if you have friends, also if you have professionals that you know in the similar organization to, to yours, ask them, ask them what they use, how they use it, maybe they're able to share it. I mean, that's, that's this, this, this industry is, is quite small. So there's definitely a world of map is definitely quite, quite a good um, way to, to find out what other companies or other firms are doing um, given sort of their size. So, so that's also another way to, to start the search. Right, and I will add another thing that you shouldn't do when you are looking for a new piece of technology is just letting that work to the IT team. I mean, they know all the technology part, how they will be installed in their uh, in their company. But the thing is, like the IT team does not necessarily understand how the legal team works and what's the communication between the other the other departments. So I would say it's uh, it's very important to be involved. There, right? Because you know what you're looking for, you know your pain points. And in case, well, we know that most of the companies, they let the IT team to go into this uh, uh, type of, of tasks. One recommendation that I would say is like, there are some companies such as Garner that they uh, publish researches such as the CLN, crit critical capabilities. Like if you don't know where to start, well, there are some reports that can tell you what are the critical capabilities that you have to look in, into, not CLM, it can be easy entry platform, document uh, management, etc. right? So uh, Matt, I also would like to close with one, uh, with another question is, and, and, and this is a, another problem, right? Like, let's say you already got all your processes, you're, you already went into talking with different vendors, you already uh, took a decision, you walk through the whole implementation process, but now you need the rest of the teams to start using that platform, right? You already spent the money. Now you want them to uh, uh, make them use their platform. Do you have any kind of recommendation on how you can raise the, uh, um, the this adoption when starting to use new processes or software? Yeah, certainly. So this is, this is a tricky point when it comes to introducing legal tech. Because yeah, like you said, you've already spent the money. You are pretty sure. I mean, you have expectations regarding this process. You want the you want that value to be delivered. You just you, you don't want those the tool just to be there for you to uh, to brag about it uh, on social media. I mean, some some firms, some companies do it just just for the just for the press. But I'm not talking about this sort of use of legal tech. If we want to be, if you want to use it. And to, if you want to bring value, we need to have support um, from various parts of the organization. I feel like that's quite important. We need to have support from our leadership. So, so whoever it is, is it our partner, senior partner, CEO? We need to know that they support uh, us taking time into in uh, in legal tech in in this process of testing the solution or implementing the solution, using the solution, they need to, uh, yeah, they need to be a, an ambassador of that change. And it, it cannot be just something that it's introduced somewhere in the firm, somewhere in the company, and, and, and sort of there's, there's no leadership appraisal of that or support, or, or supportive words uh, regarding the process. So that's, that's number one, for sure. Uh, another part is support, uh, support from, the team that is introducing this this uh, this, this change this this process. So uh, yeah, it depends. It depends on the structure, on structural, orga organizational structure of our 
of our firm or company. So it's an innovation team, legal ops team, uh, knowledge management team. Um, yeah, it depends, but we need to we need to know that this is part that we are into that we are part of something that has a broader strategy. It's not just something that we we are testing or doing a, a one-off exercise of just you know using an using an automation or one document and that's it. And then we sort of back to uh, back to business as usual. We need to understand that this is part of some that this is part of a, of a bigger change, and that understanding can be de- delivered by um, by the innovation manager by the by the leader of that of that of that group that understands our pain points. And um, so they need to be there to support us. They need, they you need to have some. We need to uh, have access to a person that is going to help you with 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 your, with your questions so that's definitely uh important because if you if you feel like you're sort of lost and there's no one to to help you along the way that's not ideal ideal and you want that support at all times and um the third element is someone from with within your sort of your sort of group so uh so i would i would say it's a uh, yeah, innovation partner, innovation ambassador, evangelist, however you want to call it, call them. Uh, it's quite important to have someone that is, yeah, your peer to be sort of, to be standing for the change and to be sort of a, a living proof that this, can, this process can work. And you have to find those people because if, if everyone, if the group that is sort of in, that is sort of uh, that is that needs to do the change. They don't feel like there's there's someone amongst them that, that that's supporting it. They are yeah they're not likely to do this process. Not likely to succeed because you have to have yeah like I said the support from from different parts and they need to know that someone uh, from their group from that group uh, let's say associates you have an associate that is. That is basically a, a spokesperson for this for this change, and they can really uh, spread a good word, if you like, uh, regarding regarding the innovation. So uh, yeah, those those were sort of the the, the supportive parts of this. And um, but yeah, um, another element of of adoption of legal tech is to have a clear structure of it. And so before I said that if if I'm recruiting a person, I'm looking for it. Of a PM experience, a project management management experience, it is important exactly in this part. So when you adopt a solution, you need to have clear deliverables for different parts of that process. So you need to have some 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 low hanging fruits delivered quite early in the process to 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 really keep that passion enthusiasm going. Because if people are if people are working on something. And in in a month time, they can see oh, we've automated you know five documents, and we're already working on those documents with our clients. It's an amazing it's an amazing uh, testament that this process works, and we are doing something that actually changes the way we do things. Uh, versus if we work on a process and nothing is changing for months and months, you know it's it's really difficult to to be enthusiastic and be. Yeah, be be in favor of that change if you see that nothing is changing. So we, you definitely need success stories very early in the process to 
to yeah to to to, to basically make people more positive about the change. Uh, not everyone's going to be, of, of course, not you're going to have uh, people that are not going to be on this boat ever. But that, that's, that you have to accept it. But having those success stories very, very early in the in the process really helps you uh, keeping that momentum going and and in, and sort of um, making more people lack the change, making more people understand the change and and the value that it brings. So yeah, I would say those are sort of a couple of tidbits regarding the adoption. But obviously, it depends on. On, on on how you how you want to uh, do it um, and sort of what what target group you're working with. Yeah, yeah, I think you know you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, especially when you start working with an organization, you need to make sure that they can understand. Um, or they understand how to train your team on, on how to use a solution. And then from there, you know, like you said, having those um, internal folks, those, those, you know, we call power users that are um, truly understanding the, the new tool that's being implemented and can also give advice to other folks um, that are going to be maybe using the tool not as often uh, to make sure that they're not getting frustrated, that they're happy with it. And, and that they are going to continue moving forward with that instead of reverting back to what they used to know, which was probably a, a clunkier process. But, but again, it's, it's something that they're familiar with, they're comfortable with. Um, and, and as long as you have you know, your, your, um, your internal team uh, driving that change forward, as well as support coming from the vendor, whoever that might be for the, the software solution that you've chosen, uh, you know, that usually sets your, your team up for uh, success and, and high user adoption. Um, so Matt, this has been a wonderful conversation. You know, we really enjoyed having you on. Um, if, if folks wanted to learn more about you or connect with you, where's the, the best place to do that? Yeah, first of all, it's been a great pleasure from my side. Mark um, Pepe, that was yeah, really, really interesting to, to discuss those topics. And I feel like we should, we should educate the industry and we should make sure that innovation is there to deliver value and not just deliver change. So that's a few five five cents to to what we what we what we what you said and just to summarize it all. Uh, yeah, how to find me? I guess I'm not going to be original in saying uh, LinkedIn is the way to go or LinkedIn um, is, is the platform that you can find me. So Matt Jakubowski on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm happy to sort of engage uh, and, and discuss um, anything that you want to regarding um, the digital transformation um, or anything surrounding that, 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 sort of, that sort of area. And yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Contract Heroes. Uh, if this isn't your first episode and you found some value here, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review. You can do that as well on Spotify now. Uh, but we thank everybody for listening and look forward to having you back here in a couple of weeks again.